Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. My name is Elin Bailey, and alongside me on this journey into the talent acquisition and recruitment marketing universe is my friend and favorite partner in crime, Tracy Parsons. We've been getting together and talking and debating the world of TA for what seems like forever. And after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's hit record. And that, my friends, is how we ended up here, sharing our thoughts with you in hopes you'll find it equal parts fun, interesting, and a teeny bit inspiring. We don't sugarcoat the issues. We address them head on. So let's get this party started. It is morning yet again, Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. The sun is shining. Despite the fact that it looks like hoth outside, I'm doing okay. That's pretty good. Well, I don't yeah. think we have sun yet. We had, we had, so I'm in Oregon and I know when I say Oregon, people think rain and yes, we do get rain, but for the, yesterday and last night we had like thunderstormy rain. It wasn't thunderstorm, but like really heavy downpoury rain. That's not normal. Which is uncommon. Yes. It was an interesting evening. So everything is just yucky and wet outside. Not like a good wet. I've obviously lived here too long now that I can decipher the difference between just, you know, normal wet and yucky wet. Oh, yeah. I remember because I lived in Oregon for two years and Seattle for two years. I never owned an umbrella. So and people always think, oh, it just pours there all the time. I was like, no, no, no. You're watching too much Grey's Anatomy. It does not rain like that. It's just (laughs) this consistent moisture and mist. You're just damp. Like everything's just kind of damp, which is why it's so lush and green. And they're like, oh my gosh, that must be so, so wearing. I was like, yeah, but think about it this way. When it's crappy in the Northeast and the Midwest, it's crappy in the Northwest. It's just different crappy. So whereas my house looks like I'm on the set of Empire Strikes Back in the beginning (laughs) with all the white and the snow and the blinding, it's 40 degrees and misting in Oregon. Exactly. And 40s low. I mean, like it's in the 50s. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I've, like you I've can barely, just, just have a nice little rain soft shell. You'll be good to go. Yeah, exactly. I, I have barely pulled out. I pulled out um, a warmer coat twice so far this year. That's about And then my whole family lost. My whole family lost it yesterday because I ran to the grocery store in a sweatshirt and it was 20 degrees. <laughs> and they're like, who are you? What's happened to you? I'm just channeling my inner hearty. Exactly. <laughs> So we're going to talk this week. I'm actually, um, I have all sorts of reasons why this topic is top of mind for me, but I'm going to tell you, I really think it's time for us to talk about the unspeakable in the room for all of us in the TA space. We're doing all this work in the recruitment marketing space to convince people to engage with us and we're a great place to work and we're still sending them through the crappiest apply processes known to man. And I think it just- yep. The implications to that are huge. And I don't think we really talk about enough. I think we've all just thrown our hands up with it and said, that's just the way it is. I found myself, I'm guilty of it, right? People complain about it here at work all the time. And I was like, well, that's just the way the system works, right? Because we get so frustrated <laughs> with dealing with it. And then I realized, you know what? We've, we, we have become like, uh, what's that commercial um, with the fragrance thing? When you become nose blind, We've become, yes. we've become yes. those blind to how stinky, crappy, smelly the applicant process is. I don't think there's any redeeming it. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I love this topic because I have customers who have completely scrapped, like 
completely tore up their old apply process and tried something new. It's a difference maker, but I, I love this topic for the following reason. Your point about the nose blind is so spot on because if you think about it, we are throwing our hands up in the air on a thing that we actually maybe have chosen or took part in choosing. Yeah. This is not something, generally speaking, that IT walked in and said, you're using this. Somebody in our adjacent area in HR or TA, like, because I always tell people that I'm HR adjacent, like I, I don't work right. in HR, but I'm right, HR exactly. adjacent. Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not but, your crazy HR lady, okay? I'm not a recruiter, I'm recruiting adjacent. Exactly. So when you think about this, like these decisions were not made in a vacuum. The selection of Workday or Taleo or ISIMS or any of the ATS, smart recruiters, any of the ATSs, were not made in a vacuum. They were not dictated to you. There was probably a process where you were eliminating people. And then what we did was um, these things are implemented and we made choices to implement them in the stinkiest, ugliest way possible, as opposed to making it an elegant process. Like it's possible to make an ATS an elegant process. We just are focused on the wrong we're serving the wrong master when we're implementing these things. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would put the applicant process or challenge into a couple of different buckets, pieces we can control and pieces that we can't. On the enterprise level, I'll tell you, sometimes you don't have necessarily the level of control you would like to have on which system you have to choose. And sometimes I will tell you, there are some exactly. systems out there that look like dot matrix printers from 1982. I, they just absolutely do. And you're not going to, yes, I get it. I'm not going to be able to configure that, but we are, there are things we can control. Everybody can control how you choose to configure these suckers. We are yes. the ones who are choosing to bow down to and not have the conversation with legal about why we're inserting 50 different questionnaires or I for the yep. life of me I still do not understand the purpose of having people fill out an application form plus have them send in their resume or have them upload their resume it get parsed like crap into the application form and then have because what system in your search components the way a recruiter or a sourcer actually goes and searches their system actually relies on the fields, on the application form. They don't, they rely on the documents and the attachments to do the search. Why are yeah. we doing this? Well, because we're serving the wrong audience. When you think about this, when we design, and again, part of my job is helping customers design applications that reduce friction, not increase friction. And I was hoping when you were saying, I don't understand all the, I don't understand. One of the things that I don't understand, Alin, uh -huh. is the requirement for a login. Oh, dear Lord. I, exactly. I mean, I have to tell you that I have gotten to the point that I can tell if people are using certain processes or certain flows, and I'm just out there testing it to see what other people are doing. That if yes. I come across having to put a login into a system, I walk away. Like, oh, yeah. It's the greatest barrier of all time. Yeah. Honestly, it begs the question, whenever I'm served with a login screen, my first thought is exactly what are you wanting me to put in here? Not, not the login information, but what kind of information are you going to be asking me that requires this level of security? 
my resume, my background, my profile is freaking public information on LinkedIn or anywhere, right? So almost all of us have a LinkedIn and it's not that you have to, you know, you can, you can find me on LinkedIn and it's not proprietary information. So unless you're asking for my social security number or my, my credit card number, why do I need a password with an uppercase, lowercase number and special character? And by the way, why are you telling me that after I've attempted to enter one? Yeah. And then I'm supposed to go in and I'm supposed to remember that, right? Or, okay. oh, yeah, right? oh my God. Governor, think about what we do to applicants, right? One, this this tells me, this to me is quintessential thinking about just the individual transaction and not thinking about our overall relationship with people over time. So theoretically, right, somebody will tell me, you need to have the login so you can create a candidate home so it makes it easier for them the next time they want to apply and they don't have to duplicate their information. Okay, I can kind of get that. But here's that what seems you're reasonable. Me. That seems reasonable. But let's think about real human behavior. So you apply for a job or a person X applies for a job today. They don't get the job. What's the likelihood that they're coming right back to your site in the next weeks or so to, to do to fill out another application? Okay, let's say it's semi, right? Maybe they have some other jobs they're looking for. But after they find a job and they're off doing it and two years later, they're looking for another job and they come back to your lovely site and think, oh, I think I might apply to X company again and see what they're doing. And the first thing we do is say, oh, we already have you on file. What's your password? Who the frick is going to remember that? Not a single person. So the password's one thing. That is annoying, right? How how deep are you going to dig into my background? And you are you are hitting all the nails on the head. I keep wanting to drive home the point that we are designing this process for the wrong audience. We are designing it for us. We are right. designing it for legal. We are designing it for compliance. We are designing it for our own means and then getting very, very angry when the people who we didn't design it for abandon us. Yeah, absolutely. 90% of the time, these design decisions, these fields that we're choosing to include, the barriers that we're looking for people to go through, you know what it's all about at the end of the day? Some silly analytics report that we want to create. Yes, it was a business that we did our job, which drives me absolutely crazy because we don't even use the information that we're asking. Like we don't even use the data well. People don't. I mean, everybody's going to say, oh, analytics is so important. I would question any of you the last time you actually sat in a room where you looked at the data reports and not only just looked at them and said, ooh, ah, but made some real decision based on it. Very unlikely because we're not doing that. It's fascinating because Alin, you know, and maybe some of our listeners know, I am in the midst of designing, implementing, and launching a piece of software. Yay. And we had this conversation yesterday. If what we were building doesn't serve the employee, it does not get in, period. And we have this conversation with customers all the time about this particular tool. And they're like, but we might, we might need XYZ down the road. Do you need right. it now? Get- and how does what you need serve them? Because none of the things that we are going to do as a discipline, as recruitment marketers, or as employee experience people, or anything 
is not going to get the end result we're looking for unless we gear it and design it for the people we need to take action. Absolutely. So as we have buried our heads in the sand so effortlessly when it comes to the apply process, we have buried our heads in the sand. We're ostriches. You guys, this is our problem to solve. And if you're not solving it and you're complaining about your results, I will tell you, as sure as I'm sitting here, looking out at the landscape of Hoth, that your results will increase and improve as soon as you fix what we've broken. I know this is true because I have one customer who blew up their application process and did it as friction-free as possible. They couldn't ditch the login because of the solution that they chose. We're working for ways around that. They've made this a four-minute transactional experience, Mm -hmm. okay? Four minutes transaction. Their site visit, so somebody shows up on their website to a completed application is 54%. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Average is 8%. Now, I was going through a customer's data yesterday And they've been massaging their application, shortening it, making it more friendly, again, designing it for the candidate. And their site visit to completed application is 22%. I bet you a dollar that you're all converting at around 8%. Think about what it would mean to have six times the applications. And again, sometimes more is not better, right? Sometimes better is better. But but I do want completion when I've driven somebody. Think about this. Correct. This is why I think this is a recruitment I paid marketing. good money. This is why this is a recruitment marketing problem. In certain cases, right, you have different purposes for your recruitment marketing. But one of your goals, right, at some point is that you have people that you are now trying to drive to conversion. And so you are pointing them at specific jobs to go apply for those jobs. You've done all this work to bring them all the way down the path through interest and consideration and alignment to capabilities. And you've really figured out where the match is and you've built a relationship with them and you point them to a job and you finally get them to click on the link to to that job and you know it's right and you've done all this work to make your quality fit and they won't go any further because they hit a block right there. We create an experience that suddenly takes everything that we've done and told them about who we are and that we want them and that we think they're a good match and they're really connected and we drive them into the apply process and they get there and they're like, oh my God, if this is your apply process, I'm not working for you. So Alin, this is where words and deeds are not lining up. Again, you can say all the amazing things that you are as an organization but you're showing them who you are when you make an arduous apply process. You're showing them the red tape that you actually have as an organization. You're showing them how they devalue candidates and don't trust candidates or maybe even their talent. This is a huge disconnect in recruitment marketing because to your point, we're saying all the things that they want to hear. We're getting them where we want them to go, but then we're showing them exactly who we are by the hoops that we make them jump through. Exactly. We're we're demonstrating who we, we, it is through the actual 
exercise of moving from somebody I'm wooing to somebody I have caught that I suddenly find out who you are, right? This is why, okay, just saying, let's put this in, let's put it in perspective here, right? Let's, let's use that fabulous dating analogy we use in recruitment marketing all the time. Well, you know, it's bachelor season, so let's go. Bachelor season, okay. So you've gone through all the work, you have contorted yourself into all sorts of ways to put on a show for what you think somebody wants you to be, to woo them and to get them interested in you. And then it's suddenly time for you to to get down on one knee and to propose or to move forward. And you have them fill out a 10-page document discussion. A pre, oh my God, exactly. It's like putting a prenup in front of them all at the last moment. And they're like, what the hell? Where'd this Your reply flow is a prenup. Oh my God, it <laughs> so is. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have fun with that today. Oh, but it's true. But yeah. It's exactly, I spent all this time wooing I and building. And we trust each other and we have this great connection. And oh, aren't we going to be a perfect fit? And we're going to do all these fabulous things together. Please complete this prenup for me. Like I'm sorry, I need to go talk to my lawyers first, <laughs> right? Before right. I before exactly. I fill out your eight digit passcode with upper lowercase and special character, <laughs> let me go and talk yes. to my lawyer and decide if I. Can I need to go talk to my attorneys. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. but I think the message that I really want to hit home today, Alyn, is that you guys, this is something that's within our influence. It's not within our control necessarily. But it's within our influence for us to start having these conversations to say, we're doing all of this work. You guys, the business is believing in and investing in employer brand and recruitment marketing activities. They see the light and imagine the results we could get if we could just clean up this little thing over here. Right. So let's talk practically, right? So somebody says, oh, yep, I'm yep. with you guys. I, I hear you, Tracy. I hear you, Lynn. I, I want to go and do these things. There are some practical things we can tell, we can we can think, help people think through to do. Like I'll start off mm-hmm. on the very first one, right? If you're using a CRM system, you are collecting data about candidates. Yep. You are using that data to help you with your engagement and et cetera. When somebody goes into your apply process, if they've already completed most of that data for you over time through your CRM system, that should port over. They shouldn't have to re-enter it again. You really need to start thinking about how you create seamless data integrations. So the burden is on us as a company and not on individuals to continue to connect data from one system to another. I know that that's maybe a harder process because you have too many people you have to engage with, with IT and the business partners and the privacy and the legal and et cetera. But just doing that one simple step relieviates that burden place. So that's kind of my one give to people. Go, go start thinking about your, your integrations and your data path. There are solutions on the market, Alin, that will, that will make this better, right? I've seen them. Like I've, I've seen them work. I've seen them create better experiences. I've seen them tie together those data points. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they cost money. But you know what? What is the investment that you're currently making? So think about it this way. If you're investing a million dollars or $100,000 in recruitment marketing, let's say you're investing $100,000 in recruitment marketing and you're converting at that 8%, even if you doubled that investment to $200,000 to solve 
that 8% and make that 8% closer to 22, 30, 40%, 50%, that's paid for itself in terms of results. We sometimes just think about this as an expense, but we don't think about the result that it's going to deliver us. And when you streamline that process, when you tie together those systems, when you enable and empower a candidate to just click, oh yeah, there's my stuff. Yeah. You're walking the walk. Like if you're talking about the organization that you are and the impact you're going to make at this company and how you were innovative, and then you run into that dot matrix screen, you're not innovative anymore. So look for solutions that are going to basically solve this for you because they exist. Even if you're not interested in investing on your own overlay system or solution system, I can tell you, it's hard for me to imagine many of you aren't using the big job boards like LinkedIn or Indeed or et cetera. They have overlays generated and created to simplify this. I can tell you as people are going in and leveraging those systems, um, there is a distinct difference that starts to show up between the companies that allow that seamless integration of data to happen that use those overlays and the ones that then say, thank you very much. Now go to, now click this link and go to my company site. The minute somebody sees a link that says, click here to apply at the company site, doom and gloom start to come over their heads. Because you instantly know it's going to be cumbersome and difficult because if it wasn't cumbersome or difficult, they would have just said, let's use the data that's already sitting inside this job board or this other system. It's already there. Yeah. People, your users are going to understand that. We have to start remembering that people are not experiencing us in isolation. The chances that somebody is only applying to us or is only experiencing our crappy outdated system, but is willing to slug their way through it and doesn't understand how bad it is because they're not looking at what everybody else is doing and comparing us to everybody else is backward thinking. Everything you do, everybody is comparing your system, the engagement, what what they're experiencing with you with what they experience with your competitors. It's not just how you make it easier for them. It's, are you even competitive? Are you standing out? Yeah. It's really interesting, Alin, because in my work, I interview tons of people who are either have turned down an offer or were were turned down like at the last minute. So there's all silver medalists, right? And I've probably Uh interviewed a couple hundred of them over the last year. And they say over and over again, they don't remember the application because they expected it to be terrible. They hate the application. And if they're going to go through it there, it's because they really want to change. Um, They really want this job. They really want this job at this company. So all of your applications that are crappy are are chalked up in candidate memories as unmemorable. Right. But they can always tell me what a good one was. So if you want to, which is fascinating to me. So if you want to create a lasting memory, in the mind of a candidate, make the transaction, make the application so seamless that they'll remember it. And they do every time. That is a surprise and delight moment that we lose constantly. I agree with you. I think to add to that is consider what users will do or what your applicants will do 
when faced with additional roadblocks or burdens that you put in place for them. Even if they really, really want the job, or even if they're willing to go through the hurdle that you generated, it is by nature people's instinct to go through the path of least resistance. So if you have created all of these additional fields or additional places where you want them to copy and paste or, you know, redo information, let's think about what actual user behavior starts to look like. They start to think about ways that they can avoid doing that, right? So Mm -hmm. they submitted your, let me give you an example of what happened. They submit their resume to you. Can you say upload your resume? So they submit your resume to you. Because of formatting and a variety of different reasons, or maybe your parser is crap, I don't know. They go onto the application and you have all these fields for experience and the parsing is just crap. They have a couple of options. They can sit there and they can go in and fix each and every experience thing and make sure that you have this wonderful full application document when they know you already have their resume. Or they can say, I'm going to delete all these other experiences, put my last job in there, call that good enough and submit it, right? Mm -hmm. The truth is at the end of the day, what's the difference? And what you've done is only create burden and force them to drive workarounds and perhaps places where you have created systems for how you actually look at data or information are now being worked around so much that you're not getting what you need out of them. If behavior doesn't match our expectations and what we're trying to create. That's my rant on applications. It's a, it's a good rant. And it's, I've had enough of it too. And it's, it's really fascinating because we both have been in this space long enough to have watched applications or applicant tracking systems come to market and we've watched them. But I keep talking about this. We, we are honestly just keep retrofitting other things to new medium right? We just keep retrofitting. So we had a paper application. Now we need to take the paper application to the internet. And that then we haven't changed anything, despite the fact that all the data is already there. That's right. Why is this a thing? Maybe that should start being my tagline. Why is this a thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why? That's, that's be like that a whole, things, why? This is not a thing. This, why is that a thing? That should not be a thing. That's where we are. And if we can just stop, like, and maybe, maybe now is the right time to stop retrofitting and start building and start crafting solutions that are designed to make it easier on the humans that we really want to do things. And if, and and when we do, guess what? They do the things we want them to do. This is exactly it. That's the whole essence of designing an experience purposefully, right? Even if you're sitting there listening to this right now and going, oh, I mean, I can't afford to put an overlay on my system or I can't go in and put a new ATS system in place. It's going to be smoother or not look like the dot matrix printer. Okay, I get it. You can't do any of those things. You know what you can do? You can look at the data you're actually collecting and the way you're collecting it and ask for each piece. Is it someplace else? And do I have to get it here? Why? Why? Make Somebody answer the question, why do I have to get a resume that I am actually parsing into fields and then still have people use and enter fields? Are those two pieces, why? Why? If you can come up with a real reason, then let's discuss it and how we fix that. But stop trying to fix these problems by getting users to do more work for you. 
That's a, that's another thing. And one of my easiest solves for people, if you can't impact any of your apply flow process sure. and you cannot afford a tool yeah. to overlay, okay? Honest to God, the best thing I've ever seen was T-Mobile. Uh, as soon as you land on their application, they tell you how long it's going to take. Uh-huh. Right? Even if it's crappy, tell them it's going to be crappy. Set my expectation. I know that that sounds insane, but I would rather know going into something, if I'm super excited about this job, that it's going to take me 45 minutes. And yes, our system is old. So please be patient with us. This is not who we are. It's what we're stuck with. Just be honest. Tell me ahead of time. Right? So if you can't impact any of this, shoot me straight. Right. Tell me what it is and what I'm going to expect and how I'm going to work that forward. Oh, so the takeaway for this week, everybody, is pay attention to your applicant process and your applicant flow. Stop being nose blind to it. Stop being an ostrich. <laughs> Look at it right? and really think about what it is that you're doing and the impact that that's having on your on your overall um, experience that you're creating. I, I know I even am guilty of it. I ignored it forever because I just thought this is too much. I don't think we can solve yep. this. Come it's so big me. and so deep and so tall. <laughs> it's, the, it's the cat and the hat, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're all going to take our heads out of the sand together and go, okay. Yes. We're going to deal with it. It's okay. We can we can do this and we can support each other with these solutions that are in place. If there, yeah. it, it can be done. Right? If you guys have ideas that are quick and easy for the audience, please message us, tweet us. We would love to share those ideas. We'll totally credit you because yeah. this is something that has to change. Has like to. we have to solve this. Yeah, it, it, has to, it has to be done. So how are they going to message us? They can do... Um, me at Alin Bailey um, on the Twitters or at T Parsons to go directly to Tracy. You can message us at our Rebelcast in order to get onto the Twitter for the larger program. You can always connect with us on LinkedIn or for shoot sakes, we'll even take um, snail mail. However you want to get to us, um, come <laughs> and chat. We want to hear what you have to say. You know, Tracy, last question I have for you before we exit yes. today. Are you on, I think you are. Um, on this new clubhouse thing? Heck yeah, I sent you the invite. Okay, you, you did, you are. <laughs> you were the one who sent me the invite. Oh my God. Okay, so I haven't quite figured out this clubhouse thing yet, but you sent me a message and I think you're right. I think kind of teasing it out here, we need to think about how we can play with the rebel cast on the clubhouse. Yeah. Let's just have a rebel house. So if anybody is interested in experimenting with us, um, and, and expanding this conversation um, to a larger audience that we can do it in a, in a larger group and using this Clubhouse platform. We're definitely interested in chatting. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you very much, everybody. We're glad you were able to um, participate with us. We hope that um, you are feeling energized to look at your application process and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Tracy and I feel privileged and blessed to be a part of your day and would love to have you reach out and tell us what's on your mind. You can reach us on Twitter, Adeline Bailey and or at T Parsons. Until next time, here's hoping you see a rainbow, have a good belly aching laugh and find some joy in connecting and growing the world of TA and recruitment marketing. Talk to you soon. 
You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.